Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all and live your best life. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. I'm kind of laughing because I feel like I really need a new way to um, open up the show. But here we are. So I hope everyone is doing well. Today's episode with Melissa Wood Tepperberg is one of my favorites ever because I could just relate so much to her story, her struggle with drinking and her disordered eating and not knowing how to deal with uncomfortable emotions, her experience of finally waking up to who she is and unapologetically owning that and her mission and commitment to herself to be better and just show up in the best way every single day. I feel like this episode was a long time coming. So many people requested it and just the energy when we recorded it, even though we were 3000 miles apart, is palpable. You really feel it listening to this. So for anyone struggling with anything, I really hope this helps you. And I think it will. We talk about, of course, the struggles and then how to make changes, how to take responsibility for our emotions, how to start with a meditation practice and how to go deeper and heal. We also talk about movement, of course, and our shared experience of having adverse reactions to higher intensity exercise. I used to joke that I was allergic, but really it does feel that way when your body is already overloaded with stress and then exercise just makes everything 10 times worse. Anyway, we get into that. We also get into sobriety, unhealthy coping mechanisms, how to turn it all around, and so, so much more. So enjoy this episode with Melissa. So I'm here with Melissa Wood. I always just automatically call you Melissa Wood Health. (laughs) I don't know if other people do that. It's just like a knee-jerk thing. But I'm here with Melissa Wood. I feel like this has been a long time coming. There's a lot of synergy I feel between us and oh, yeah. um, my audience is obsessed with you. Oh, obsessed. That's, <laughs> that's so sweet. I'm so and, happy to be here with you. Yeah. And I am too. I mean, we will get into this, but your program really came at such a critical time for me when I was learning how to like break up with high intensity exercise and being really hard on my body and learning how to be more intuitive. And I know that, um, that's something that you've helped so many people realize. So I can't wait to get into all of that. But why don't we just start? I'm sure everybody listening knows who you are. But just in case anybody doesn't, let's just get a little background on you, like where you're from, what you wanted to do when you were younger, and then how you came to found Melissa Wood Health. Okay. Um, Well, I am Melissa Wood Tepperberg is my married name. And I'm from Syracuse, New York. I moved to New York 15 years ago, I think this year almost. Yeah. 15 years ago. And when I was little, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Dylan who works with me about this the other day because we live together now during quarantine. And 
I've shared so much of my childhood stories with her and just like watching her jaw drop (laughs) the more that I like just keep sharing the vulnerability of things when I was younger. And, you know, I was telling her that ever since I was a little, like I'm talking, I vividly remember being like eight, nine years old and just knowing that I wanted to do something that made a difference. And I I had no clue, obviously, what that was. Um, And then, you know, as I was growing up, a lot of people would ask me if I was a model. And, you know, I think I really attached my worth to my looks. And I thought that that was what was acceptable. It's like, that's what made me recognized. And I liked that feeling of, you know, that positive kind of recognition. So I, I always wanted to be a model. And then I moved to New York. I moved to New York on a complete freaking whim, which is also, I was (laughs) sitting with my husband the other night and kind of, we were talking through the story and it's just, it's so crazy to me because I was so young. I moved when I was 21 and I had a very serious boyfriend in Syracuse. And I came to New York for the first time with a friend who was moving here. And there was just something. It was like, for me, it was this, my eyes opened a little wider and and I realized the, the potential of maybe what life could feel like, you know, like I always, I, there was just this thing in me and I, I didn't really know what it was, but it was, I wanted to do something impactful. I always felt that. And then moving, like coming to New York for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like the energy. And I learned the city in a weekend. I learned how to go from like first Avenue to, um, you know, to like 10th Avenue. And I, I started to, you know, kind of like throw myself in and I moved to New York and I was working at the Chanel counter in Bloomingdale's on 59th street. I worked at the Chanel counter in Syracuse. What? It was Filene's when I worked there. It's now me was now Macy's. We're I'm taking you way back, you guys. And um, yeah, I had three jobs in Syracuse. I was bartending on the weekends, and I worked at the Chanel counter Thursday through Sunday. And I had an office job. I worked at a auto supply company Monday through Thursday. So I w- I've always been this um, very focused driven person. But I think when I was young, you know, growing up in a dysfunctional, broken home, I think you don't have a lot of direction, you know, because Mm -hmm. my mom was doing the best that she could with five daughters and my dad did the best that he could. And, you know, they had kids really young back to back. It was like, my mom was just pregnant and breastfeeding for 10 years of her life. And now like that really, like it hits me, you know, I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. you don't really have a life. And you know, I think I, I just, I I needed all of these things that I I wasn't getting, that I didn't get as a kid. And, you know, moving to New York, I think everything really came up for me, Mm -hmm. all of the emotions and the feelings that I really pushed down as a child came out full freaking force. When you move to New York, if you don't face the things that you are going through and you just keep pushing, they come up they come up when you don't want them to. And, you know, I think entering into the modeling world in the city, just, it really did a number on my self-esteem and I didn't like myself. I didn't like the way that I looked. I didn't like who I saw when I looked in the mirror. I didn't like the girl that walked into these castings, uh, you know, amongst all these other taller, skinnier models. And it was just like, I just lived life through a very different lens that I do now because I had no practice. I didn't have an anchor in my life that grounded me Mm -hmm. and brought me back to the core of who I am. So I was just searching. I was searching for, you know, for, um, my, my worth through Mm -hmm. all the wrong things. And yeah. I can, I mean, I could go on and on with this story and it will lead into more of the, the birth of Melissa Wood Health, but I think that's, mm-hmm. a good, <laughs> that's a good intro.
If you haven't listened to episode 47 with Andy Mant, the founder of Blue Blocks yet, run Don't Walk after this episode, of course, and check it out because for me at least, it was life-changing. So when I recorded that episode, I was experiencing really heightened anxiety and agitation, poor sleep, erratic energy and hunger cues, and just overall, I felt chronically stressed. Then I talked to Andy about blue light and everything clicked. We are all pretty constantly inundated with blue and yellow light from our devices and our homes, and this can lead to eye strain, blurred vision, headaches, dry, watery eyes, and for some, yes, even heightened anxiety, depression, and low energy. So Blue Blocks was created to fix these problems and black out blue light with evidence-backed high-quality lenses. Unlike other types of blue light glasses, blue blocks are backed by the latest scientific research and made under optics laboratory conditions in Australia, also unlike other companies who mass produce unevidenced backed product in China with no understanding of how light impacts our health. Blue Blocks has high quality lenses for daytime, nighttime, and for color therapy, and have over 20 frames in the latest fashion trends that come in prescription, non prescription, and readers. They can also turn any pair of your glasses into custom blue blockers. They simply take your existing glasses and fit them with their lenses. As if all of that isn't good enough, Blue Blocks is also giving back by working in partnership with Restoring Vision in their Buy One gift campaign. So for each pair of Blue Blocks glasses purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. So you guys, I cannot tell you how much these glasses have helped me. It is night and day, and I seriously don't know how I went so long without them. I'm way less anxious. I have no eye strain, and I'm sleeping so much better. So if you want to protect your eyes, get your energy back, sleep better, and black out the unhealthy effects of blue light, go to Blue Blocks today and get a pair. Blue Blocks is offering free worldwide shipping and 15% off with the code BLONDE. Or go to blueblocks.com slash blonde. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E for 15% off. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth. I release new episodes every Thursday, so hope to see you there. Well, that's a big transition. First of all, I went to Syracuse for a semester. That's all I lasted. It was too fucking cold. So props yeah. to you. For um, but that's a that's a big transition. I mean, Syracuse to the city and the city is unforgiving, right? It's energizing and it's exciting, but it's also unforgiving. And I'm curious, like, what were your coping skills at that time? Because that's such a big transition. And then, like you said, all this stuff that you hadn't dealt with was coming up and you had to face it. And that was before like the birth of your program and your practice and all of that. So what were you doing at that time to deal with the comparison and the issues that were coming up for you? I kept pushing them down. So I attached myself to you know, going on these, I would go on these like crazy binge eating episodes and crazy binge drinking. Mm -hmm. I would get wasted. I would just get so drunk that it was like, I had, you know, I was hoping that it would kind of all go away, but I, I think we all know that things become more heightened when you're in a <laughs> of being completely out of your mind. And I developed an eating disorder without even really mindfully understanding that I had an eating disorder because I was in such utter denial of where I was spiraling. And, you know, it was like the drinking led to the binge eating led to me starving myself the next day after having, you know, after releasing everything, if you will. And, getting rid of everything from the night before. And then 
not eating and then working out for hours a day for weeks. And just, it was like this vicious, vicious cycle of like literally just abusing myself and my body and my mind. And it's, it never serves you. You think it does. What was your breaking point? It was, it was a night I got, I went out and, and I was like a train wreck. I was like, just I was that girl that I, you know, and, and it's like, I was who I am now, but I just, I wasn't in in touch with really the beauty of who I am, like what makes me different. And I was that person when I didn't drink. And then when I drank, it was like, I was just, oh my God, I was a mess. And it definitely took, there was this one time that I'll never forget a girl I was cocktail waitressing with and we weren't close. And I still, to this day, thank her so much for calling me. The next day we had like a Christmas party, you know, for the club. And it was, it was actually a marquee Christmas party. And I got so drunk, got into like a screen fight on the street with a homeless man. I ended up leaving the party, going, like leaving my boyfriend. It was just like, I was always kind of a tornado, you know, it was like anything I was watch out. And then the next morning she called me and she was like, listen, I hope you don't think this is out of line, but I, you're amazing. You're, you're so amazing. But when you drink, you're not, and you're a completely different version of yourself. And I think you have a drinking problem. And I was like, what? Like, I never thought of that. And then, and I wasn't defensive. I was like, thank you. Thank you for letting me know that that's, I I was unaware. So that was a big turning point for me. And then it definitely, you know, opened my eyes to kind of like the state that I was in, but it was having a really drunken night and then binge eating and vomiting the whole day where I just, I was like, I couldn't do it anymore. I was Mm -hmm. so I saw where it was going. I was like, I was either going down this road where I was just going to literally tear myself into the ground until I just couldn't do it anymore. Or I had a choice. I could stop doing this. I could, I could break this cycle and ask for help. And, and I did, I, I reached out to my friend for her therapist. I called her therapist the next day. And it was like, I was committing to change. You know, I think it's, you have to get really clear with yourself when you're in a, in a space in your life, when you're unhappy. And if you really want to change, you commit to it. And it's like my, my entire life is about committing to bettering myself, to, to bettering my, my mental state and to, you know, move through my day so that I'm not walking around just like agitated or looking for devices to, to just mask really what's going on, you know? And, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's what got me here. I think just starting to own it and to, you know, I was afraid of sharing that I had an eating disorder. I thought like, how am I, you know, sharing myself in this light as this health and wellness, um, entrepreneur. And then that I went through this and that was actually what changed everything for me because I shared the truth and Mm -hmm. it, changed it changed my life and it, and it there was no intention of like will this take my business to the next level I didn't even really have a business <laughs> it was like right. it was you know it was me just planting like the raw real me along the way mm-hmm. yeah I mean I can relate in so many ways and I think I always say that like my biggest struggles are now my biggest assets because that's what allows Mm -hmm. us to connect with other people on that real level. Like people are sick of all the perfection and people are really, really struggling with real shit. (laughs) And I think they need to find people that they can connect with. And you do that so amazingly. And I always, I really admire people who make a decision to change. Like I was the kind of person who I had to be scraping the bottom of the barrel, like have no other options, you know, like I was having seizures all the time. I wasn't eating. I was my body. I was dying before Mm -hmm. I was willing to make a lifestyle change. So I always am so, um, I don't know, just so inspired by people who are like, I I realized that this was going down the wrong road and I decided to change. And um, it's interesting because I feel like there's no, there's no secret sauce. Like I had a positive psychologist on the show a few weeks ago and she was like, you just really have to be fed up with your own shit. <laughs> oh yeah. You have to be over yourself. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know about you, but whenever I am looking for a new book, I scour the internet searching and researching pretty aimlessly to find something of interest. And then I make my choice based on what's popular or on reviews of other people only to find myself disappointed when I start reading. Well, I'm here to tell you that we don't have to live like that anymore thanks to Book of the Month Club. Book of the Month Club is a fun and convenient book subscription that offers five new and early release books to choose from every single month. Book of the Month Club's editorial team literally, like my pun there, vet hundreds of books a month so you know you're getting the best of the best. They choose from and support up-and-coming authors, debut writers, and highlight new and diverse backgrounds. So it's not only a great way to find and support new authors, but to branch out into new genres and styles and try something that you probably wouldn't otherwise if you were looking for a book on your own. Members can choose up to three books per month, and Book of the Month Club is commitment-free. You can even skip months if you prefer. So I've been reading The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which is a book I think everybody should read, especially now. It's about identical twin sisters who run away from their small Southern Black community at the age of 16, but find their lives intertwined even as one returns to the community with her Black daughter and the other lives with her white husband who knows nothing of her past and she herself poses for white. There are so many books that Book of the Month Club has featured that I can't wait to read, and I know you guys will love them too. So to join Book of the Month Club and get your first month for just $9.99, visit Book of the Month Club and use the code BLONDE. That is B-L-O-N-D-E for $9.99, and we can read together. I think coming from, you know, a family of addicts, I don't know that I've ever really said that before, but I think I'm getting more comfortable sharing (laughs) um, that because there's a lot of people who are in complete denial of that. And Mm -hmm. I now see it and I, I no longer, I'm like, no, like I'm becoming what I didn't like, right. Mm -hmm. What I, what I despised with my childhood and and I'm now I'm embodying that person. And that is not who I want. That's not who I am. That is not who I want to show up as. And I think it's really gaining clarity within on like, you know, like now with, with my meditation practice, I've really added this component of visualizing like who, who am I? Like, how do I want to feel throughout the day? Like when I am doing a live workout with someone, like, how do I really want to feel? What, what, do, what is the essence and the energy that I want to give off to anyone watching? And it's, to me, it's yes. Like I want people to feel good, but I want them. I want people to really know. I think, you know, with my mission more now than ever is to show that like you too can do this. Like you can change your life. You can become anything that you desire. It is absolutely about doing the work, but it is committing to that path and everything that, you know, aligns yourself with feeling that way and showing up that way day in and day out. If you're having a good day, a bad day, it doesn't freaking matter because this, it's like my life depends on this. And that's why I'm so passionate about the things that I share, because if I knock myself off course and, you know, a lot of people will say like, you're so disciplined, like you're so, and and I don't look at it as discipline. Could it be perceived as that? Absolutely. But to me, it's, this is like, it's this, or it's me going off to, you know, going off in a different direction. And, and it's, it's a commitment to myself and it's a commitment my family and to my community that I have built off sharing the real freaking shit to, you know, I, I do it for me and I do it for everyone watching. And it's not like, that's, that's another thing too. Like sometimes it isn't what I love to get my 20 minutes of meditation in every day, but it's not that every day and that's okay. But doing something, something sets the tone for my entire state of being for the day. And 
you know, it's, it, that's why I, it's like, I, even now I'm like, I get so fired up with it because I promise you to anyone who is listening that there is so much life to live when you own your shit, when you mm-hmm. own the fact that everything up into this point in your life is because of your actions. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one to say, you know what? It's, it's up to me. It's not because of all the things that happened to me. No, you, you have the, the choice here to change or to, to keep wallowing in, in all of that bullshit that you keep telling yourself. Yeah. 1000%. I'm just sitting here like, yes, like (laughs) I get fired up about it too. Like I have chills because it's so, it's so true. And that's another thing not to keep talking about that psychologist, but it just, it's so aligned with what you're talking about. And she was like, God, how did she phrase it? She, she said something like emotional adulthood is like getting to that place where you, you take accountability for your emotions and, you know, your actions and your behavior dictates how you feel. And so you have to own that, you know, we are in control here. Um, Um, I totally, totally agree with that. So I'm curious, like how you started getting more intuitive with your body and your movement and your lifestyle and, and kind of broke up with this more like rigid approach, but also stayed disciplined because those are kind of like, they can kind of at times be conflicting. Totally. So, you know, I was really like all of my friends, still a lot of my friends are models and we would, you know, have our castings in the city and then we'd go to Chopped and we'd have our salads for lunch and then we'd do our workout classes. And I was kind of like following the flow of the group and you know, my friends all did high intensity workouts and and there is nothing wrong with doing high intensity workouts. But let me tell you, they did not work for me. And it took me years of getting more in tune with myself. And I vividly remember going to a class and I had, this is when I, I was also, you know, I was in therapy for five years and I'm back in therapy and I now understood that all of these feelings that came up that drove me to do all these things in my life was severe anxiety. And when I was going into a class, I was like, I feel like my heart is about to jump out of my chest. Why do I feel this way? I took the class and I left with more anxiety. And I was like, I I didn't like the way that I felt in that class. I hated doing those things. Like, why do I feel that I have to do these? And it's because, you know, I've, I've worked with trainer after trainer who has told me that I have cellulite in my thighs and I need to trim down my thighs two inches. And I have, um, love handles and I have this weird fat under my armpits. It was like, you know, I, I lived in that world of when modeling was really targeted on being thin and tall and it's, it's so crazy because my body structure right now was nothing like it was 10 years ago. I was, you know, I was about 20 pounds heavier and I was thicker, a thicker build. So I never thought that I, I was this body type, but it was, it was like the way I was a negatively kind of fueling my body of, of always trying to be something else that I wasn't at the time, I think just made me hold weight because it's like everything I was doing was increasing my cortisol. I lived in a state of constant fight or flight. Everything that I did from childhood to moving to New York, to working out, to going, it was like everything. I was just running on this adrenaline and can serve you in mild doses, but not living in a constant state of that. So once I started to meditate and I really committed to a meditation practice, wow, the voice in everything gets clear. Everything gets more clear. You, I became so much more conscious and aware of my, my actions, everything that I was doing, people I was around, how it was serving me. And it was taking a very well-known teacher's class. I never say names, but you know, I think you think because someone's well-known, it's like, it's good for you. Right. And Mm -hmm. I left that class and I hated how I felt. I got called out for doing something incorrectly in front of the whole group, um, measured that I needed to lose more inches. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. This is not how you should feel after leaving a celebrity instructor's class. Like, I don't give a shit who you are. You you don't make people feel bad about themselves. And it just went off. 
It was like this light bulb in my head. I was walking across 12th street from 7th Avenue to 6th Avenue. Like I lived in <laughs> I'm telling you, I could, I could literally tell you what I was wearing. I was wearing like this windbreaker. And I, I said, I want to be a teacher. And it, it was the first time it ever landed where I was like, I want to teach people how to love themselves, how to love themselves as they are. And no matter if they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, okay, I, I desire being a different size. That's okay. We can have desires, but I am going to commit to loving me right now as I am, because there's no guarantee when you lose 10 pounds that you're going to love yourself anymore. Right. So it really became crystal clear through throwing myself into doing things that didn't serve me for years and just having these moments of like when I was doing things. So when I did Pilates, when I took Taylor Phillips class at Equinox and Sarah Morton's yoga class at Equinox. I was a member at Equinox at the time and um, I'm not anymore because, you know, I started sharing my workouts at home and I loved how I felt leaving their classes and, and they had a, such a beautiful approach. Those two teachers are who really shaped me as a teacher and I, I want to give them full recognition because mm-hmm. I, I've never left their class ever feeling anything but good. And I think that's how you should feel when you invest your money and your time into working with someone. If someone's not making you feel good about your body or calling out all the areas you need to work on, run, <laughs> run the other way and find someone who can lift you up, you know, and through really understanding like the, the fundamental movements of Pilates and elements of yoga, I loved the blend. And, and when I studied with Tara Styles. I did my yoga teacher training with with Tara, who I also modeled with. We we have like a full circle situation here. She was like, "Why don't you? You know, you're so good at both. Blend the two. And I was like, "I yeah, I do a little, but I wasn't owning it. And she was like, "You need to own who you are, what you love." And that almost gave me permission, coming from a, a well known yoga teacher who I respected, right? Of just kind of going with this this whole thing that I was already starting to share, but just kind of owning it. And, and really the birth of what is now my baby, my third baby is <laughs> my, you know, my workouts and my meditations. And thank God it's, you know, I had to go through all of the, the things that didn't make me feel good to really understand, I think, how to make myself feel good first and then mm-hmm. share that with other people. I think that's such a valuable experience though, that like, I kind of, I kind of want everybody to have, I mean, we're all so different. I really think that like going through these kind of trials and tribulations and what works and what doesn't, I mean, that's how we figure out who we are. And it's, I really encourage people to like go out and do their own exploration, like find what works for you. Everybody, you know, we're all different. Um, there are a couple things that I wanted to unpack here. Okay, so the first one yeah. is meditation. Yeah. I I don't know how you feel, but I felt like it was probably the single biggest thing in both getting to know myself. Like I feel like I didn't even know myself before I meditated <laughs> because I was never quiet enough. I never saw my thoughts, I never saw my mind, I never saw the truth of my life because I was mm. always so distracted. And then it also has like this ripple effect where it taught me how to be really in tune with my body, really in tune with my hunger cues and my Mm -hmm. energy cues. Like, what do I have the energy to do today? Sometimes I will do a 10 minute hit and then other days I do your program or some days I just walk or whatever. So I'm curious, like if you had that experience and then everybody wants to know how to start meditating. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I I mean, absolutely. I am. It's funny because for the first time, my husband said it the other night. Um, He said it to Dylan and and Noah and I were having dinner and he said, Melissa is a completely different person than when I met her. Mm -hmm. And I am like, it's, it's crazy. Like just the way that I, I deal now with challenges that come up or things that make me anxious, you know, before I, I, I grew up in a household of screamers and hitters. And that was my way of coping with things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, 
oh my God, for everything from the way, if I get annoyed with my kids to if I'm having a craving or even with my workouts, like people are like, do you, do you sit there? and like, you, you know, you know exactly what days. And I'm like, no, everything I share is literally intuitively that that comes through me and that feels good. And, and I do it, but, and I share it because it it's, that's what works, you know, like when you move in a way that feels good and you just let that carry you, it's, it's amazing what can come up and meditation. The reason why I really started sharing my meditations is because I was called to share my meditations. I, for the longest time wanted to, but I was afraid that I didn't have enough experience. Who am I to met? Who am I to share my meditation? And then it's, it's another kind of situation with like Tara Styles, where someone I love and I look up to so much, Elena Brower, I went to a meditation that she was doing. And after we locked eyes, we'd never met before. And she kind of called me over and I was like, looking behind my shoulder, like, Oh my God, me talking to me. I like, I'm so funny when I am really, when I'm drawn to someone, I get like, I'm so weird. <laughs> I get like, <laughs> like one girl over, like for me, I was like, Oh my God, my palms are sweating. And <laughs> I go over to her. And I mean, I can be around like any celebrity, but like Elena Brower, like he's like, right. men, I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> oh my God. And she was like, who are you? What do you do? And I was telling her and I said, what meditation training would you recommend? And she said, you, you have it in you. I can feel it. I can see it. She said, you just need to keep doing, you need to keep sharing it and you need to trust yourself. And it was like, that was it. And I, I slowly and surely did and started sharing my meditations because it is 1000% the foundation of what has taken me from that broken little girl who was looking outside of myself for all of the answers to a very confident woman that I'm so proud to, you know, be today and to own that with confidence with, with no ego attached of just recognizing my growth. Right. And it is, entirely because of my commitment to meditation. And, you know, for anyone who it's what helped me cure my acne, it's what helped me cure my eating disorder. People say that once you have an eating disorder, you have an eating disorder for life. I think that's, that's false in my case. I agree. If you believe that, then you're going to walk around the rest of your life thinking that you are triggered by food. I, and then, and I'm speaking on my personal experience. So if anyone is listening who has an eating disorder, get help, seek help from a professional. But I will say that if you walk around telling yourself that I am going to share that it had nothing to do with food. It was everything to do with my relationship to self and the way that I dealt with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I would not be like literally half of who I am without my meditation practice. And the, you know, the best place to start is to not judge yourself and to simply try it. Right. And I think, I think a good place too, is like, for me, you know, I, I listen to a lot of meditations on insight timer. I would listen to Tara Brock, Gabby Bernstein, Marianne Williamson, all of these amazing teachers. And then I took a medit- I took a workshop in New York and it was where I really learned to kind of bring myself there without always listening to a guide, right? And kind of like experiment with what really works for you. But, you know, I share mindfulness um, guided meditations because I, I like to take people like simply like sitting into a comfortable place, like allow yourself to be right where you are. Everything that came before this, I say this a lot in my flows too, let that go. And everything that's to come after this, it will come. Just be here. Just be here. Let's connect to our breath and, and guide you so that you feel confident with, okay, this is, I got, I got this. And then to go through these moments of like pure silence, right? And peace so that you feel good bringing yourself there. I think the, the ultimate goal is to be able to sit in a comfortable position and to not have a device that you have to listen to or have something attached to so that, you know, you feel you need that to bring you peace. I think peace is within and and we just have to connect to maybe our breath. Maybe that's a great grounding source for you, or maybe listening like little sounds or your heartbeat. There's, there's a lot of different things. And 
I think a lot of people say like, I'm, my mind's too busy. Like I can't do it. It's, there's too much to turn off. We're not turning in anything off. We're tuning in, we're tuning in. And I think the more that you kind of welcome everything, like for me, like a lot of the times I sit and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so freaking anxious. It's the last thing I want to do is meditate right now. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to be right here with that. And like, I have these little like conversations with myself and and that's really what got me to guiding is because I would just share like how I would bring myself to the state of Mm -hmm. where I actually transcend and don't judge yourself. Just, just do it and commit. And I like to listen even now, like I love listening to different teachers and getting different wisdom from people. And, um, it really helps me strengthen my practice, but nothing helps me more than just being with being with the thoughts and, and really just allowing things to come up without saying like, I had a bad practice today. That wasn't a good meditation. I rarely say that because then it translates as like, ah, it wasn't good. It didn't, it wasn't one. Right. And that's mm-hmm. everything. Is that helpful? Was that confusing? Yeah, yeah no, totally. I love, I <laughs> no, you yeah. make it very, um, it, you make it sound very manageable. And I like that like perspective shift from not, what did you say? We're not turning it off. We're tuning in. That's so easy. I mean, that's, that's something that kept me from meditation for years was that I was like, my mind is too busy. Well, that's what our minds do. They have thoughts that bounce around and we just don't have to attach ourselves to them. So that's the difference, right? So now where I sit and, um, let's just say if I'm in a meditation and I'm like, Oh God, I'm thinking about something that's negative. And I'm like, okay, like that's there. I don't need to allow that to carry me through my day and have this like whole negative just connotation on moving through everything that I do. I just, just like I say in some of my meditations, like I like to envision myself doing something that brings me peace. So sitting on a beach, watching the waves, watching the waves come up and then watching the waves pass. Like that's what I do literally with, with my thoughts is that, Oh God, they come, they come. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And I'm not, I'm choosing not to hone in on it. I'm allowing mm-hmm. it to be there, but then I'm just going to exhale it out, you know? And, and I think that that's, it's a nice little visual to kind of give you that permission to like, okay, it's there and it goes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay, good. We have <laughs> so many listener questions and I know we don't have unlimited time. So I want to get to those, but I do. The last question that I want to ask you um, is actually something that was kind of the theme of a a lot of the questions that I got from the listeners as well. But it seems like it's ingrained in us that in order to be in shape, we have to do more. We have to diet more, restrict Mm -hmm. more. We have to work out more and work out harder and sweat more. Everybody wanted to know can they get in shape <laughs> by just doing Pilates? And so what would you say to, to that question? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> please, please, please experiment with it. Um, you know, I love that. I love that question. I love how you worded it because coming from the girl who literally did an hour of weight training and an hour of cardio every day for years. And, and it's not about size because that's not what the purpose of my practice is, but I was double, if not triple my size. Um, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good in, in my own skin. And the second, you know, I tapped into that intuition of understanding, A, I didn't need to starve myself. A, I didn't need to vomit after, um, indulging and really getting clear with, you know, eating until I felt fully satisfied. So then I'm not kind of just, you know, running to the cupboards after dinner to stuff my face with things that I deprived myself of that day and allowing the space of, of enjoying my food and without like worrying if it was a cup of freaking rice or two cups of rice, like who gives a shit? I, I have a big appetite. I've always consumed more than they told me I should. And the second I threw out all the damn rules that was thrown at me for all the years of modeling and uh, trying to trim my damn thighs. I like my thighs actually, you know, <laughs> and, um, I think just getting rid of all of that. And then 
moving, right? Moving in a way that feels good, where you're not going to injure yourself and, or maybe break the craziest sweat, but you get it in and you feel this sense of lengthening and leaning and toning. I know I don't really need to say it to you, but it changes everything. It changes for me. It was, is my mental state of not feeling like I was running on this hamster wheel of like trying to get, you know, those two hours in a day of working out and realizing that I actually have the body now that I have always desired because I do less because I'm kinder, softer, and I'm gentler to myself. And it's exactly what I want to share with my son and with my daughter and with every single female, male, you know, I mostly have a female following that, that, watches or tunes in because less is more, less is more. And you, you can actually achieve so much more when you, when you lean into being not so, oh my God, like intense with everything. I was a slow girl. It was like, it was, <laughs> I my anxiety even thinking about the life I used to live. It's so funny. I'm the same. I recorded an episode last week on like my my kind of evolution from like, I was bulimic when I was in my addiction, it was kind of off and on. Then when I got sober, it got really bad. Then it went away. Then I was counting macros and I was doing, and I was over-exercising and this and that. And I was like, Jesus, like, girl, Ooh. slow down. <laughs> slow down. I need to listen to the episode. And share it because it's like, but that's what what's ingrained in us, right? Totally. Like, totally. And, and it just, it makes me so happy that this thing that I loved has given me this voice that I never imagined that I would be in the place that I'm in, but I believe I am because like this message is meant to be literally like yelled and mm-hmm. just screamed from the roof, rooftops because I, you know, I, I'm, I just hope that like, I don't have to listen to my kids growing up thinking that this is the, the way that you have to live to feel fulfilled with yourself. Right. Well, your message is a powerful one. It's important. And you are such a good, such a good vessel or carrier of the message. So you're definitely reaching a ton of people. Um, Why don't we do the questions in kind of like a a rapid fire (laughs) or as rapid fire as we can, because we have a lot. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No pressure. Somebody had me do this a few weeks ago and I was like, there is nothing rapid fire about me right now. Like I... Like, no, I think I'm such a tangent person. I'm like, sorry, what was the question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, at what moment in your life did you notice a shift in becoming a more fulfilled person? When I moved into my own apartment for the first time, when I lived mm. by myself, completely by myself. How to deal with insecurities and stay grounded? You, can, you don't have to rapid fire. Yeah, <laughs> Some of these are a little deeper. Yeah, I think it, it's owning where you are and and continually to reach and show up for yourself mm-hmm. with all of the things that really make you feel good. How do you manage constant anxious thoughts? Meditation and movement. Mm-hmm. This one is for both of us. What advice would you give yourself 10 years ago? Oh, oh my God. I would tell myself to be exactly who I am. Exactly. Don't change anything. That That's your beauty. That's your gold. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mine would probably be put down the blow mm. and pick up a passion. <laughs> uh, I love that you are so open with sharing all of <laughs> Hopefully someone needs to hear it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I got this one a lot. What is a typical day of eating? Okay. So let's rapid fire it. Okay. So I wake up warm water with lemon and an oat milk latte. If I'm absolutely starving, I'll have a banana or if not, I'll just have those liquids and then wait until I have been on a zoom call and then I'll have a massive green juice. I usually share that pretty much every day on my Instagram and 
I will get ready and then I'll come down and have avocado toast typically before my workout. If not that, my spirulina smoothie. And then for lunch, I have a massive salad or my salad wraps that I've been having on repeat right now. And Those I look just, so good. Oh my God. They're so good and satisfying. And it, and it goes back to that kind of mentality. I didn't allow myself to eat bread for a very long period of my life and what deprivation, which is what led me to binging half the time. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, two slices of avocado toast on sprouted bread isn't going to kill you. It actually um, makes me feel better and I don't feel like I need anything after. So that way of thinking really changes everything. And for dinner, I am, you know, I think my like diehard dinners are, I love my like, vegetable quinoa blend with my, oh my God, I I have this new like coconut aminos from Bragg's. It's unbelievable. It's like kind of like soy sauce without the freaking soy. And it's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. You don't bloat after. I also love my penne a la vodka sauce. That also looks insane. Do you have the recipe for that posted? Yes, I have both of those on the website. Okay. (laughs) I would say those are kind of my like staple, but they change. Sometimes I want tacos or lasagna. I have Mm -hmm. all of these. So I love that though. Like I could not agree more with that. The things that we restrict, like if you think bread is the enemy and you're going to restrict it, you're going to go eat 20 other things trying to fill that craving. And it's just so much easier to just have it. Exactly. Like people, you, I would get so many emails about the date in my spirulina smoothie. I'm like, what is your, what, oh what, is your thing? what do you crave? They're like sweets, sweets. I'm like, put the freaking date in your smoothie <laughs> and watch what happens. You're not going to do everything because you're satisfying yourself with nature's, you know, it's like what nature's providing. You're not having this process mm-hmm. dessert. So yes, I'm not good at the rapid fire guys. All I want to do is... <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people wanted to know, do you do any cardio? So not, not typically, right. But I do share like every now and then I'll have this, I'll, I'll feel this like kind of, um, desire to like get on the treadmill and do my treadmill series, which I love. I love to swim and I live for rollerblading. So like, if that was available to me, I would do that a couple times a week. But for me, my workouts are cardiovascular workouts. I think because it's not a conventional way of cardio, I promise you that your heart rate is definitely elevated and it's, you know, you won't, you won't really know until you try it. And I don't monitor, I don't wear a watch or anything like that, but I, I really just go with how I feel that day. Like pretty much how you were saying, I walk a ton, obviously living in the city. I've been out in the Hamptons mm-hmm. and I move so freaking much, but I move, I move, I'm a mover. I don't just sit around all day. And I think that, you know, like today I haven't filmed the flow yet and I'm kind of dying, but I'll try to get something in, even if it's just 10 minutes to get that energy going. Mm-hmm. And this is for both of us. How do we deal with husbands who have different lifestyles from us? just keep doing your thing and and your (laughs) positive influence will rub off on them and if it doesn't then you know I do think it's nice to have a little sit down and let your spouse know how important it is for you to feel that they're taking the best care of themselves you know like Mm -hmm. I do that with Noah and it's crazy because right now he works out twice a day and like I've never seen him like this damn (laughs) used to go out for, you know, dinners and to go to all of his venues. So now he has a lot more time, he has more time on his hands, but I just keep, I think positive reinforcement and just, you know, one thing that works for Noah is like, I'm like, Oh my God, babe, you look amazing. My tendency is to always point out the fact that they're not working at it, or I see that healthy and I've learned that does nothing. So in so, you know, throw them a little compliment be like, wait, you look really good. Have you been, you know, and I think it boosts their confidence and then it, they want to keep doing it. Totally. They're like animals. They're so, <laughs> it's, it's so easy. I'm kind of the same way. Like I went through a phase when I was kind of first dating my husband, not like in the very beginning, but once we were comfortable where I was like the food police and I quickly learned 
the food police is not sexy. Like nobody wants to be in a relationship with the food police or the lifestyle police. So I kind of do the same. I encourage him. (laughs) And I've realized that like, instead of trying to take things out from maybe his diet, I just add things in. So I send him out the door in the morning with a green juice and I'll like stick a protein bar in his, you know, his work briefcase thingy, those kind of things. So I try to like add to rather than take things from him. Noah yeah. called me the food police for years. That's why I'm crying laughing. <laughs> like, literally be like to his friends, like I'm, I was the type that would like kick him under the table if he, <laughs> if he was too much dessert. And it's like, that's not okay. I mean, granted, it still comes up. Sometimes I'll be like, no, yeah. don't, <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> I mean, meditation has really helped me like filter out because I, I'm very reactive by nature. Most yeah. But like the things that could fly out of my mouth pre-meditation and then post, it's like, I'm actually a different human. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. Okay. Let's see. I'm trying to pick like one or two more. That's really good. Okay. Do you have an unpopular gut health tip that you swear by? Uh, Yes. Colonics. Oh. I mean, I guess, I don't know that I would say that's unpopular, but it's very controversial, right? Mm -hmm. And it has done wonders for me, Vanya in New York City. I love you. I can't wait to see you. She's the best if you live in New York. Um, it really helped me trans, you know, I was always bloated. I had really bad acne and I do believe it, it stemmed a lot from, you know, my eating disorder, but also from the negative thoughts that I told and believed, believed for years. And through food combining as well. I, I mean, I'm rarely bloated. If I am, I've shared, I take this incredible, very clean organic supplement array. I've shared it before. I'm a diehard fan and it helps a lot, but my God, doing colonics. I mean, I don't, I don't like to give, like I get a colonic every eight weeks. I don't like to say when I intuitively know when I need to. Mm -hmm. And I am so overdue that I hurt. (laughs) So funny. I'm going to have to go there when I go back to the city. Oh my God. She's beyond (laughs) and so gentle and lovely. Uh, How do you explain not drinking anymore? I was wondering if you were going to ask me this question. (laughs) Um, I really explain it to people that it was, you know, kind of how I felt very called to become a teacher and to share my workouts and my meditations. This to me was, is something that has always kind of been there, but I was afraid that I would lose that element of, I think having a husband in hospitality and still really like, I love going out. I love like doing things. And I don't think you need to lose that if you don't drink. And I think it's, Mm -hmm. you know, society really puts this kind of weight on us, right? That it's like, it's not normal if you don't drink or like something wrong with you, right? It's like, oh, she's really cool, but she doesn't drink. That's weird. Right. Well, I think like, why does that have to be? Why is it cool to share that you are pouring a glass of wine at five o'clock on a Friday? I don't think that needs to be what's cool and what needs to be, um, you know, put in these, especially younger generations face, right? That like, this is, this is adulting. Well, mm-hmm. I think, you know, times have changed. And and I'm really proud to say that I have never in my life felt more clear with who I am or what I want to do with my life and my voice than I do now from not drinking for almost eight months now. And it was through um, wanting to live in more alignment and to follow my truth even more in such a bigger way. And, And I don't feel like anything is missing. I feel as if my life is more enhanced. I am having more fun. And I know I'm in quarantine. It's like how much fun, but I, I really like myself and Mm -hmm. I no longer need these masks that I attached myself to for so long. And I think, you know, this whole kind of sober, curious rise, right? Like I didn't even know it was a, a thing. And then like, when I shared even that post the other day, like reading people's story. I mean, I was in tears reading people mm-hmm. on how, how living an alcohol-free life has just transformed them. And I also think, you know, growing up with alcohol abuse in your life, 
you can see how quickly things can shift in the other direction. And I know that that's not a direction I ever want to take. And I, I just, I feel good. And I feel like there's not even like, there's almost like not a lot of explanation, right? It's just like, this is, this is where I'm feeling super content and happy. And, and why can't this be normal? Why can't I still be cool and fun and not have a drink? Right. Yeah. God, I wish we got into that more. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, but, um, today. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, uh, well, there's a lot of things there. I think that like for me, part of the fear of getting sober was the fear of feeling all the things that I would feel when I no longer had that coping mechanism. And really like the feelings, I feel alive. Like I got sober and I felt alive. I want to feel the sad feelings and put on a sad song and sit there and be sad. (laughs) That's natural. And then let it out. And I, I feel, I want to feel the highs and the lows and they aren't extreme anymore because of like my meditation and because of dealing with certain things in therapy and all of that. But like, I feel, I feel like I feel what it's like to be alive and I'm not judging people who drink because you can also drink and feel that stuff. But just like for me, the biggest thing that alcohol did was it cut me off from myself and it cut me off from like, any kind of spirituality. And that's ultimately what got me sober was spirituality and having a connection with a higher power and all of that. Um, and the other thing is like a lot of people ask me a lot of like sober curious or, you know, people who are newly sober, they message me on Instagram and they're so worried about what people are going to think if they're not drinking. And I totally get it. But like, most people are just thinking about themselves and they don't even notice. So true, you guys. (laughs) I think it's so important to know. Yeah. Like my spine on that topic. I mean, it's, and, and I do want to say too, because, you know, I said like pouring glass at five o'clock if you do great, but I also think, why is that just normal? I don't think it has to be the norm, you know? And, and I think, I, I feel it. And it's, it's very new for me. And, and it wasn't, you know, that I was battling an addiction. I, I really went through those wavelengths of having nasty relationships to alcohol and attaching myself to things that didn't serve me. And through even having a mindful relationship with it, I just, I feel bad. I feel alive. And it it could like, when you were just talking, I actually felt like I was going to cry because I feel so why am I so emotional? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's, you know, like that's what we're here for is, is to really feel so in tune with ourselves and like our highest good and, and what makes us like jump out of bed in the morning. And I can certainly tell you that even having just one drink, the last thing I want to do is jump out in the bed or jump mm-hmm. out of the bed in the morning. And that in itself was just it for me, you know, with kids and and, and having a business that I'm so passionate about, it was like, it just, it no longer had room. It, it didn't serve me. So, and, you know, I think if you feel the calling, lean into it, baby. Yeah, totally. Well, now I'm like teary and I have I chills. Know, and- <laughs> I don't know why this like really got me emotional. Just, I think everything that we talked about and, and yeah. even myself, the space to, um, look at how far I've come. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing for anyone, right? Is God, I used to be such a mess. <laughs> yeah. Such a mess, so. Well, your story is so inspiring and you are doing so much for so many women and it couldn't happen to a better person. I'm so happy we got to connect and maybe we can do this again someday in person. <laughs> I would love that. You are so lovely and just oh, so kind and genuine and generous. Like I thank you so much for always so genuinely sharing me, my workouts, and I need to meet you. Like we are oh friends. You're totally. <laughs> like we're so on the same wavelength here. And I thank you so much for having me as one of your guests. Of course, of course. And where can everybody find you? You can all find me at Melissa Wood Health is my Instagram and Melissa Wood Health is where I share my workouts, meditations, plant-based recipes. Um, and I have an app as well. So if you prefer to use that on the television, TV, computer, anything that's, that's better for you. And I mean, I never put Are you into TikTok? God, I'm, I don't get it. Uh, 
<laughs> well, you know, I'm trying. I mean, I just post my like cooking videos mostly. I want to. I'm just like, oh. I don't get it. <laughs> I feel like the old person in the room. And I was like, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to lip sync. I'm not going to do any of that. I post like what I eat in a daze, like so yeah. that people can see that you can actually eat and like still be healthy. Um, <laughs> exactly. Please. And then I post my recipes. So it's like, I don't have, I mean, I have maybe like 15,000 followers on there. I don't know oh, what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Melissa, would if you help do your me. workouts or like little, you would blow up. And the I thing is like, you reach more. a totally different audience. Like I feel like they're oh, younger yeah. and they're so in that mentality of like, I have to eat 500 calories a day oh, and oh, like oh. do two hours of cardio. So you oh, would right. definitely shake things up. <laughs> so encouraged it right there. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, coming in. We're going to share. There's a new way <laughs> you guys and it's enjoyable. You don't have to play yourself. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so, so much. And I'm going to stop recording. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.